Opinions expressed on ACV Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to podcasts related to audio description. I'm Kim Charlson, and I'm today's moderator, but most of this session is going to be shared with um, other voices that may be very familiar to some of you and may be total surprises to others. Before I go too far, though, I want to give the opening CEU codes for those of you who are doing continuing education. The opening CEU code is 63361. That's 63361. All right, so it's my pleasure to be the moderator of today's program where I've brought together the hosts or co-hosts of five different audio description podcasts, and they are all very, very different from one another, which is great because that gives you even more um, news and information about audio description. So I really want to minimize what I say because I think it's much more important that you get the opportunity to hear from them. And what I've asked them to talk about um, today is, you know, where did they get the idea to have a podcast? You know, what was the germination of the idea and what is their podcast focus? So each of them are very unique. Um, they, they all have tremendous experience and um, knowledge about audio description, and they're all incredibly different and diverse. So that's what I think you're really going to enjoy about this session. So I am going to um, have, I had them originally set up in alphabetical order, which is kind of funny because of the way that they alphabetized they all end up from the very bottom of the alphabets. So, but I'm going to do a flip-flop just to keep things interesting. And I'm going to start with the last one in my alphabetical list, which would have been the Know Your Narrator podcast. For some reason, I chose to alphabetize the, which in the library world, we never do. But in the <laughs> podcast world, I guess I did. So... So we're gonna start at the bottom and work back up to the top. Um, so we are going to start with the Know Your Narrator podcast hosted by Roy Samuelson. Roy, it's a pleasure to have you here. We'd like to hear, we're, we'll also, um, let me just say, we'll also be talking to Talk Description to Me and the co-hosts of that podcast. We will be um, talking with the hosts of Social Audio Description Podcast. Idolist, Zoom webinar. And we will audio be talking with menu. Stop Read My, video. my Mind video Podcast, Thomas menu. Reed. Host, open and last but not least, we will be talking button. with Enter. Participant. the Ryan Charlson, left hosts and right of Computer audio and music. This, video on. Carl Ryan Richardson left and, right. and Brian Charlson. So, Roy, I'm turning it back over to you for um, each of you have about 10 minutes or so to kind of tell your podcast journey and your own background and why you're doing your podcasts and how to connect to your podcast. I think that's an important part that all of our listeners will want to know how to do. 
Thanks so much for the intro, Kim. And it's an honor to be surrounded by some of my favorite podcasts ever. <laughs> it's just, this is such an exciting thing. Even before we started, it was exciting to see everybody and reconnect. So uh, thanks so much for inviting me to, to be a part of this. Um, when it comes to TV shows and movies, audio description used to be limited to, does this show have it or not? It was this very yes or no question. And as important as that question is, it implied a few things. The assumption was that, oh, it's one person who's involved in the creation of audio description instead of the many roles. And at last year's ACB keynote speech, I introduced the varying roles of audio description with the, the strategy to educate our disabled talents that there are many places for their expertise and craft and remind them. It's also educational for our audiences about the many contributions and connections involved in creating this work beyond just the writing and even the voicing. And um, Brian Charlson, left parent, near right parent, computer audio unmuted, video on. Oh. And I'd really love to thank Brian David. Charlson, left right. I'd love to thank David for this new phrase, the voice crush. <laughs> we uh, we just learned about that, and it's so cool. Uh, that uh, that's a name given for the people who who voice the work, not actual voice crush, but narrator and it's uh that's an easy place to start to get to know your narrator and as the title of the podcast is as a sighted uh, as a sighted person my experience in audiobooks where i valued the skills of reading aloud books so there were some voices in audiobooks that i just loved and others even for a book that i would love well I couldn't really take more than two minutes of it. And I wondered if audio description audiences could also be interested in dipping their toe into the behind the scenes of aspects of creating the audio description. And maybe they have their preferences too. I might remind someone of a terrible ex-boyfriend. I don't know. And hear from the varying perspectives of different approaches to audio description from the different roles. So know your narrator and its bonus episodes was born. So beyond that, the strategy was to include these other roles, and I believe that the weakest link in audio description can bring down even all the best. So could we change the conversation from, does this show have audio description or not? Which again, is a really essential question, but can we get into the nuance of what works for you in audio description? And, and ultimately, is it in parity to cited audiences' experiences? So again, as expert performers with disabilities are included in many roles of audio description, there's another result. The work gets better from those contributions. So with over eight, I think we're at well over a hundred episodes featuring voice talents of audio description narrators. Most of the people in this panel, <laughs> uh, the writers, the engineers, the editors, the mixers, the quality control experts and other professionals. I think each of us here on this panel have featured different aspects of this. So what we're trying to do with the ADNA Know Your Narrator uh, series is to continue to offer audiences the best of the best and dive into the nuance of what that means. And I really love giving a platform to these experts. So uh, as I mentioned, the ADNA, that's the Audio Description Network Alliance. It's a searchable database of professional talent who contribute to audio description, whether it's the writers, the engineers, the narrators, and much more. And it made sense to align the podcasts with the ADNA. So the exposure has led to employment opportunities for blind and low vision experts, which is awesome, as well as educating our audiences and let them in on the nuance of what, what that means. So audio description audiences are becoming even more sophisticated. And the expectation is that our audiences can demand to have the question asked, how great can we make audio description instead of how cheap can we make it? And I think that question really changes the focus. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Roy. 
All right, then I guess we're going to travel a little bit up to the north and hear a little bit about talk description to me from JJ Hunt and Christine Mellick. Um, I love your podcast. Let me just say, I think it's fantastic. And where did where did your ideas come from? How did you put this all together? And it's a pleasure to have you both. Thank you. Um, JJ, shall I dive in? Do you want me to Please tell do, the story? Please so do. it's a bit of a, a one of those COVID silver linings because it, it started when in spring of 2020, I guess it was, when COVID lockdown started. And I was so curious about the visuals and it seemed like the world was changing every day in new and frightening ways. And I wanted to know what that looked like on the street. And so in JJ and I had been friends and professional collaborators for a number of years and we got to talking about this and there were a few platforms where we were able to collaborate on that piece of, of just filling in some of the visual gaps about COVID. And it got us both thinking about the gaps that exist in the news. And there was sort of this assumption that, well, news, it's always talking heads. And so it's accessible. But the truth is that's not actually, that's not accurate because it's based on a whole bunch of visuals that the blind and low vision community didn't have access to. And so JJ just kind of called me up one day and said, hey, you know, that whole COVID thing, it really worked. Like, what do you think about expanding that? And um, we, as we started to do that, we started to understand the gap in a way that we had not really seen clearly before, even myself as a blind person living that gap of not having the visuals described in current events, the more we did the work and the more we dove in and the more we heard from listeners, um, the, the the more we began to understand the gap we were filling and how how essential that was. And I think, JJ, for you, that's been maybe rewarding in a way that audio description hadn't really been up until that point. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, I've, I've been a describer for about 20 years and I, I've described everything from movies and TV to live events and, uh, you know, parades and I've, I've done walking tours and I've loved all of that. And, you know, one thing has led to the next and led to the next and it's been fantastic. But Chris is absolutely right. This experience, putting together talk description to me, coming up with ways of describing the world around us and you know some pretty esoteric things and some very political things and and trying to describe elements of life that are small and quirky and trying to describe elements of life that are massive and incredibly important and of the moment has been unbelievably rewarding and then like chris says that connection with people you know over and over again we have uh, conversations with our listeners. People are really fantastic about writing us, uh, emailing and, you know, being engaged with us on Twitter to, you know, share ideas. I liked this episode. What about doing this topic? And those conversations, which are real and genuine are, are fantastic. And I know that's a, that's a, an element of audio description in general that didn't exist 20 years ago, right? You can be a describer of movies and TV now, and you can go online, you can go to the Facebook group that, that, that Roy is such a key part of, and you can, uh, you can be on Twitter and have these conversations and someone can say, oh, I really loved the description on this show. And you can say, yeah, well, you know, pat on the back, that was me. And, and then you can have a conversation about it. Or why was this decision made? Oh, well, here's why we did it this way and couldn't do it that way. So that element of the of of audio description has changed and 
you know, just incredibly since in the 20 years I've been around. And with this podcast specifically, we're really having a, a, a tremendous amount of back and forth. And, you know, as a describer, having these conversations with people really reminds me that we're not just describing for one capital B blind person out there. There are so many different people who have different relationships with sight, with vision loss, with visual memory. And over and over again, as we do our talk description to me, I, I find I'm reminded of that in a way that I wasn't always when I was describing movies and TV. So for example, we'll have someone write in and say, I really loved the episode on Christmas decorations or on fireworks because it reminded me of the fireworks that I saw 10 years ago when I was losing my sight. And so for them, the podcast is kind of like a photo album for lack of a less visual metaphor, right? Or for some, it's if, if, if you're a listener who doesn't have a visual memory, maybe some of the information we're providing is brand new information. So, you know, we'll talk about, we'll describe uh, baseball in the, uh, in the pandemic and talk about, you know, I, remember I made an offhand comment about the fact that uh, managers in baseball wear the same uniforms as the players. And that's kind of quirky. That's not the way it is in all sports. And we had someone write in and said, like, I've been listening to baseball my entire life, and I had no idea. And that's a new piece of information. It's a funny little one, but that's a new piece of information that that listener can carry on and carry forward. So now whenever they're hearing a baseball game on the radio or whatever, if they're at the game, they can paint a new mental picture because of a little bit of information. So, I mean, that's been fantastic. Chris, I'm curious, has being someone who is creating description, has that changed how you, uh, how you advocate for description, the kind the way that you use description as a description user creator? I, I was thinking when, when we were listening to Roy about the, the phrase of Roy's that I've often quoted, which is, I want to make audio description snobs. And, and that totally encapsulates to me what, what's happening in, in the AD world, which Roy, you know, covered so well, which is, it's not just is AD available in this particular space. Now for me, it's become, I'd like to know what this thing looks like. And it's almost irrelevant to me now, whether it's a, a movie or a TV show or a play or an episode on the street. Um, so I think working on this podcast has opened up the world in a certain sense where I, I kind of want everything, <laughs> everything described. And so for me, what it has done very, very tangibly has opened the broadened the conversation, the public conversation to include me as a member of the blind and low vision community. So it happens all the time where JJ will describe something. And then the next day, I'll see a tweet with a card description of a cartoon. And, and it's a joke that I get that I would not have got, I would not have had a clue what they were talking about, like Bernie Sanders mittens or something. So it, it's, it's broadened my sense of being part of the public conversation and part of the public sphere of um, what's going on in the world. So very much in line with, with Roy's comment about making, you know, making audio description snobs so that we, we have a different expectation of, of what to describe. And it's, it's a dream job. This is totally my dream job because I just get to follow my curiosity and JJ is, is such a pro and we have a great rapport and a great time. And so I just get to say, Hey, can we talk about this? And so uh, it's, it's a dream job to me. And 
Um, I, JJ and I didn't discuss this ahead of time, but I'm going to, I'm going to give a, a, a spoiler alert because coming up in the beginning of August, we're going to have what my whole career has been leading up to, which is the description of and then going through a car wash with a set of binaural mics. So we're going to get the full on <laughs> car wash description going through with a set of binaural mics and my professional life will have been achieved. That's the culmination right there. <laughs> I'm having a great time. This is the this is my dream job right here. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, I'm very much the same. You know, if I'm if I'm having a tough work week, you know, I start off on Mondays and I look at okay, wh- what do I got going on this week? And I got this museum I got to work on. I got this film I got to work on. And sometimes those are tough, and sometimes there's a slog. And if it's looking like that's going to be kind of hard, I think to myself. Maybe I'll just spend an extra half hour doing research for the podcast this week. Maybe I'll just spend a few more minutes doing that. So I end up procrastinating by on my other work by doing work on the podcast. It's it, it is it's a it's a it's a highlight and it's a, it's almost always the best part of my week for sure. That is so great. I, I can't even begin to count the things I've learned from your podcast that I thought was a different way. And um, I loved your gestures podcast that was fairly early on. And my husband and I, Brian, we, we spent like three days that week practicing gestures back and forth, <laughs> making sure we did you do the jazz right. hands. So did you got this? See, I've never actually done it. I'm doing it right now. And jazz hands than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I was good at, at signaling for the check. That was oh, what I did better yeah, than yeah, he yeah. did. I think that was on purpose though. That's an important, yeah, he's, yeah, he's dumbing very it down strategic, there. Very he's strategic. Very strategic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it's great. It's really great. And I commend Thank both you. of you. It's a really Thanks, enjoyable Kim. podcast. Cheers. All right. Well, let's move on to social audio description podcast. And um, I'd like to hear from Kensuke Nakamura and Caitlin Walsh. And uh, Kensuke, I know you have a, an interesting story about how you came to audio description. And, um, and it's really terrific how you've partnered with so many others to, to deliver something that was not being done before you started to do it. So talk about that. Yeah, so I do, well, me and my team at Social Audio Description, we do, we primarily do audio descriptions of movie trailers and like to try to make this as short a story as possible. I started dating a blind person a few years ago and one of the things we connected on was watching movies. So that's how I got introduced to audio description. And we do, you know, we'd watch a lot of movies with audio description. We'd watch a lot of movies that should have had audio description, but the device wasn't working. So I'd end up doing a lot of, extemporaneous description in their ear and then uh you know a lot of older movies that didn't have audio description so i got a lot of just practice that way and it was something that i was interested in and then uh i quit my day job just before the pandemic started and then during the pandemic i was like i think i want to do audio description professionally so i tried i just tried writing some of my own scripts and sent them and applied to some companies and when i didn't hear anything back i was like okay i need to develop my skills and try to carve a niche for myself. So um, around that time, the trailer for the Batman came out uh, after DC fandom. And I was like, this is a very good trailer. It's got a lot of uh, exciting information about how this is going to be different from previous Batman movies. And uh, a lot of it is visual. And of course I looked up whether this has audio description and I'm like, this doesn't have audio description, but it really should. But not only that, a lot of trailers uh, there's, 
You can find like a handful of trailers in the past couple of decades that have audio description. Most of them don't, but the ones that do, it's still, it's very lacking because trailers by nature are like quick montages of a lot of different scenes and a lot of different characters. And in a minute and a half or two and a half minutes, uh, there's just not enough space, especially if there's a lot of dialogue over the trailer. So uh, I, I wrote an audio description for it, but then I also did expanded description, which I I'd learned about at some point. Uh, so uh, I'll do one pass of the trailer with uh, inline description, just fitting it in where I can. And then I'll do another pass of the trailer where I pause it at any new piece of information, any new scene or character and try to give as, uh, as robust a description as I can of this new thing. And then, so that I could give like a full picture of what's going on in the trailer, especially big franchises like Star Wars or Marvel. There's going to be a lot of information that's like teasing things or like something thrown in for the fans. So there's going to be a lot of description around the uh, discussion around that in the zeitgeist. So I wanted to make that accessible. So that's how I got started. And then Caitlin, do you want to talk about how you got involved? Yeah, sure. Um, I actually started out by doing some workshops with Roy, and I fell in love with the work. I, I'm an audio description consumer. I am blind. Um, but I really just, I wanted to get involved. It was during the pandemic. All my work had fallen through, and I thought, I need something to occupy my mind and my time. So audio description was something I was already aware of, obviously, and engaged with. And I thought, I want to learn how to create this content. So I got involved with the audio description group on Facebook and I got in touch with Roy through that and I started doing workshops with him and he's the one that got me in touch with Kensuke and Kensuke and I met and we started talking and we decided that we wanted to do some work together and um, we started doing trailers. He and I and originally another another member from workshops with Roy, um, the three of us started doing our, our little kind of conglomerate here and it was it, it's grown so much and so quickly and it's been such a wild ride i i love it so much i love working with kensuke he and i he always uh, I, i'm sorry i'm saying he can i'm so sorry they always include me with everything um we will talk about how the script should be and they'll ask me are you comfortable with this and is this sentence too much and because you never realize the tongue twisters you're going to find until you start audio describing. You, you can get very hung up on sentences and the amount of takes it takes to say them and the amount of time you spend. But um, we've worked together on the scripts. And if there is an issue, they always let me know. You go ahead and you change it. If, the, if that word doesn't work and you can make it work another way, then I can change it. And it's, it's ended up being such a smooth way of working. And we just, we've really connected well and we've gotten along so well. And as we've grown, it's been even more beautiful. It's just grown into this really cool journey that I think we've all kind of taken as a pandemic trip into uh, this kind of stuff that maybe we wouldn't have thought to explore otherwise. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And for those of you out there that want to do this kind of work who are blind, it is possible. You can do it. You just have to really, you have to, you have to believe that you can and you have to find, really, I just had to find the right people to communicate with and you just have to find your niche. And once you find it, you'll be okay. You can do it. I record using uh, my, my iPhone and I record in MP3 format and I send the recordings off to Ken and we work with it through that. And then if there are 
retakes we need to do. We do it that way. I'll, you know, re-record things and send them to them and it works just fine. So if you are blind and you want to do this, you can. Um, yeah. When Caitlin first, <laughs> uh, when Caitlin first reached out to me, I was like, Hey, I'd like to work with you. And like, I was doing my own narration at the beginning, but just because it was the easiest thing to do, but I, I'm not interested in getting into narration. So when, uh, when Caitlin reached out to me, I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love for you to do this voice work, but also I should have been involving blind folks in the process since the beginning. And it was really kind of like embarrassing for me that like I hadn't. And since after Caitlin, Robert joined us as a blind writer and uh, QC uh, editor, and uh, we've got more blind folks working uh, with the team now. And recently, we're starting to get into, I'm still editing this most recent trailer for a video game, but we're working on having trailers written by Robert Kingett, who's a blind writer, as the primary writer using, you know, using sighted people to help get an idea of what the visuals are, but Robert doing the writing. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we've also done work for the Indiana Coalition Against Domestic Violence doing audio description for their uh, webinars, and we've done, uh, we've done a music video audio description as well. So though we primarily do trailers just on a voluntary basis, uh, we do take on jobs and we want to be there, not as just a resource for uh, new organizations that are wanting to start offering audio description that don't really know where to start, but also a place for folks who are wanting to get into audio description as a profession to uh, meet us and like build skills and network and get practice and build a resume and then uh, get connected with, uh, you know, hopefully paying opportunities in the future. So yeah, we really want to be a, a place to uh, cultivate talent. A jumping off point. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And we'll be back to learn more about how to connect with um, all of the podcast hosts um, when we go back the other direction once we finish talking to everybody. So Next, I want to turn to Read My Mind podcast and Thomas Reed. I've enjoyed listening to his podcast for the last couple of years and um, diverse. They are in subject matter and very much talented and well, well produced. So Thomas, it's a pleasure to have you here to talk you. about uh, your journey, how you got into podcasting, which yours is a little bit more broad, but you have a kind of this subspecialty called the the series that you do within Read My Mind podcast of um, turning the page on uh-uh. audio description. Almost, almost. <laughs> almost got that right. <laughs> Flipping the script. Flipping, Flipping the script. There we go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, Kim. Uh, I, you were doing such a great job. I was just going to leave it up to you to, to oh, keep no. going. <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I thought I'd do, since we're really talking about audio description and descriptions, let me just give you a description of myself. And I know not everyone is comfortable with that. I am. So I, I'll just let you know that um, I'm a brown-skinned African-American man with a smooth shaven bald head. I have a goatee and dog shades. Um, and... According to my daughter, I have a lot more grays popping up in that goatee, so I'm quite proud of that. But um, I'm seated in my vocal booth in my home, which is in Northeast Pennsylvania, which is the Poconos. 
and that's about 90 minutes from the Bronx, which is where I always go home. Um, we have all this royalty on, so I actually wore my Prince Purple Rain shirt because I thought it was appropriate with all this royalty we have on, on the panel today. Um, so I'm the, I'm the producer and host of Read My Mind Radio, like Kim was just saying, and, and really I like to say that it's a podcast with, that I feature compelling people impacted by all degrees of blindness and disability, and occasionally I share some of my own experiences as a man adjusting to becoming blind as an adult. In each of those cases, the podcast is a highly edited narrative style with music and sound design, and I like to say I make blindness sound funky, so that's, that's my little thing there. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that. <laughs> um, my work with audio kind of, which, which started the podcast later on, but it kind of started off with necessity. Uh, there was interest as well that, that stems from a long time ago, but, um, you know, it all kind of started with my introduction into blindness. So audio was my first method of taking notes. That was what I had access to. It was the way I was continuing to capture those memories of my, my children, um, at the time. And then I kind of put it to work audio that is just volunteering for the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, producing audio pieces on advocacy and more and, and a way to promote the PCB conference, which I was the coordinator for several years. And shout out to PCB. Um, I took an opportunity to produce original content for New York City's radio reading service, Gatewave Radio. And my podcast at first was really just a way to share these pieces with those outside of that Gatewave network. It turned into my passion project. Uh, it turned into a, a vehicle for my personal advocacy and a way to reach out to others who were adjusting to blindness. So when crafting the narrative, whatever it is, I'm always, always thinking about this group, people adjusting to blindness. I ask questions that I think they will want to know, and I keep them in mind in all aspects of the podcast. So audio description to me is a really important part of the adjustment process. We know films, television, whatever it is, any sort of visual content, it's not only how we get information, but it's how we interact with the world and establish or maintain relationships. My first episode on AD was actually goes back to when Netflix launched Daredevil. And I don't know if you remember, Kim, you were on that. <laughs> not sure right. if you remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Absolutely. And, um, I had another after that focusing on the experience of using audio description. And then later on, a critique on Black Panther. And that episode, episode garnered a fair amount of feedback and conversation about the choices of narrators, about how cultural competence needs to be taken into consideration and around casting the narrator. And it's often overlooked though, how that episode included other ideas now being discussed including, you know, the use of pre-show to create more time for describing characters and scene settings and, and even how AD would be better served if it was incorporated from the beginning of the film process. Something I think that is even more urgent to explore uh, today. I really do. But that's a whole other subject. Um, you know, <sighs> it's kind of funny because with that, with all of that, that was in that episode, that specific episode, I think when people kind of bring it up to me, they like to remind me that I, I said that the, the narrator sounded more like the colonizer as opposed to someone from Wakanda. And I did say that because it made the point. And quite honestly, I think it was funny. And, you know, hopefully you have a sense of humor because it was funny. But it, it really does get the point across. Um, I featured 
on the podcast, I featured over the years, I featured what I call the big boys and girls, right? Those are the names that you're familiar with. Those are the ones producing for the big releases, Netflix, you know, people like Roy <laughs> and, and other folks, you know, and shout out to all of them. Um, but I also featured those producing AD for independent films, theater, and many within the disability community, uh, like my good friend, Cheryl Green. Um, I think that, you know, there's so much great work being done there. I focused on some of the innovative technologies that are coming out, like of uh, people like Alice Shepard and Laurel Lawson, you know, technologies around audio description. Um, you know, for them, access is never a question. It's never about a quote unquote feature. It's, it's something that they just live, right? And I, I love that. So flipping the script, came around last year. You, you can kind of call it the quote unquote brand because that's what people say. But I, I use that to sort of continue to explore the deeper conversations around audio description, at least, you know, just contribute, contribute to that discussion, contribute my perspective as well as those that I wanted to highlight. Um, so I really just wanted to make sure I, I get a diverse, a diverse people that I'm listening to. You know, quite honestly, I wanted to hear from a bunch more than just white men, to be totally honest with you. So I featured women and men of color and talked about their experiences, right? Um, and issues that impact them as working in the business. Um, on flipping on the script, we talk about describing ethnicity and color. We include image description and, and alternative applications for AD. You talk about those things because there's so much more to audio description than quote unquote meets the ear, right? So I hope to continue to explore all of these types of issues that I think really go beyond just thinking about AD. Um, you know, it's about our place, to me, audio descriptions about our place in this, in this society. It's about respect. It's about participation. It's about how we're seen by others. You know, to some extent, I think it's how we're valued in the community, um, especially if we consider how choices are, are being made without us. So, you know, I think I'm, I don't know, I guess, you can always choose to, to look how everyone looks at these things their own way, right? But I think there's so much, you know, sort of disrespect going on. And I want to I talk about that. I think it's really necessary to highlight these things and in terms of how they relate to audio description. So, um, you know, if any, if any of these topics are of interest to you, it's an open invitation to stop by my place, you know? The, the welcome mat is always out there. So I'll tell you a little bit later how you can get in touch with Read My Mind Radio. But, you know, that's that's kind of how we got started. Perfect. Thank you, Thomas. And and if you want to hear more about what what Thomas has to say and a whole panel of other folks, um, primarily all um, consumers or creators of audio description, describers, all people of color, um, Thursday at 4 p.m., we have a session on diversity and describing uh, race, ethnicity, and other complex issues around audio description and cultural sensitivity and all those things Thomas has just talked about. Um, and we hope to delve into it more and have um, a, a dialogue that will be the beginning of ongoing dialogue on this, on this topic. So thank you, Thomas, for bringing it forward and allowing us to talk about it more through your podcast and your continued advocacy. Thank you. All right. And last but certainly not least, I want to talk to the co-hosts of Picture This, a podcast on all aspects of audio description. And that would be Carl Richardson 
and someone I know well, Brian Charlson. So hi, guys. Tell us about how you got into creating Picture This. So I, many years ago, I got a degree in film and television. I tried to work in film and television. I lost my sight, so I kind of gave up for a while. And then I did get a job working at the Media Access Group, creating audio description and marketing their services. And then I left because I had other career opportunities. But I always had an interest in audio description. And I know your husband, Brian, fairly well. And we would talk and have these long conversations. But what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? So we started thinking, well, why don't we just create a podcast and have our conversation rather than between the two of us on the phone, have our conversation on a podcast and have other people take part of our conversation. And it's it, um, a little different from some of the other podcasts. It's just more about like which service, streaming service just added uh, pod, you know, audio description or, you know, it might be about theater it might be about museums. So it's going to be all about all different areas of audio description from the writing to the voicing to the creation and, and try to keep up with what's going on in the field of audio description today. And Brian and I both take turns trying to decide what the topics are going to be. And then we just have our guests on. We talk to them and um, we just have a conversation. And hopefully during the process of that conversation, we're able to educate others on what is audio description and the impact that it makes on people's lives. So I came up here to the uh, number one office in our household, <laughs> that's Kim's office, from my basement lair, where my system is being very poorly behaved because I'm using it for supporting the ACB National Convention and audio production. Anyway. Nonetheless, as Carl said, you know, picture this is something that Carl and I do in our, so to speak, spare time. Uh, he uses fairly straightforward equipment in his basement office, and I do so in mine. In fact, I'm trying to simplify it even more, reducing the number of microphones and all the other hardware involved in doing audio production. The end result, though, is we get an opportunity to take our personal passion, in Carl's case, since he was what, six years old, Carl, when you first got involved with film and accessing it as a student at the Massachusetts School for the Deaf, uh, then putting up those lovely 16-millimeter uh, films, Carl, is that right? Yep. Yep. And, and doing that. Me, it was more a matter of when I moved out here to Massachusetts from Oregon and got to interact with the folks at WGBH as they were doing the very beginnings of audio description on television. I got to be on their advisory board. Um, and it was really interesting because we were designing the craft, what it was meant by audio description, not from a technical perspective, but by a content perspective. And to this day, as Carl will tell you, I'm noted as the guy that always insists that when you're describing sexual content, you need to use sexual language. Uh, there was a movie, uh, Ghost, which included a scene uh, with a young lady uh, being danced around her pottery studio while Unchained Melody was being played. And she slides down his body and he grasps her by what the describer had the audacity to call 
her buttocks. Now, I don't know about you, but that just was not making it for me. <laughs> so I, I got this reputation for that. And to this day, when we go see a live play that has sexual content to it, it's not unusual that the audio describer will come out to where Kim and I are sitting watching the show and ask, so how is the sex, Brian? <laughs> I don't know what the other people in the audience think about that conversation when they first hear it, but it's, it's part of the mystique of the whole thing. I also have the opportunity, because I'm from Massachusetts and because I'm in the district of then Congressman Ed Markey, to be very involved in the advocacy side of audio description. The CVAA uh, was as a direct, direct result of our advocacy in Massachusetts to make that something that is the nation's standard for accessible content gave me the opportunity to serve on a board that Carl now serves on, that advises the FCC on the regulations associated with implementing the CVAA on an ongoing basis. Carl and I wanted to have an opportunity to bring together our passions. I'm interested in the blind audience to picture this, and Carl's really anxious to get his Hollywood connections to listen in and better that's the goal, right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. That's the goal, to get his, his buddies back in Hollywood to actually understand audio description. Carl, I would really love it if you would tell the story about you going to that party where uh, some of your old buddies were there. And so a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, I was invited to uh, an art installation and the friend of mine who was doing the art installation at the time was an editor for, for George Lucas and Lucas Films. So I went to the party and I hadn't seen many of my friends in 20 years, to be honest with you, but there were people there that worked for Lucas and other well-known production companies and famous directors and producers and primetime television. <clears throat> and as we were hanging out talking, they were quite surprised that I had a, a good knowledge of film and television and one of them finally said, but wait, Carl, how do you watch it? And I said, well, your, your movie, and it, this was a well-known movie. I said, your movie, and he was the producer, and he, I said, your movie is audio described. Said, what are you talking about? People are writing words on my movie, and I said, no, 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 no. They're not changing your script or the movie, but let me show you. So I had my iPhone with me, and I opened up Netflix, and I showed, or I opened up something, I don't remember what exactly, and I showed all the people that worked in the industry and audio described film and they were all blown away because none of them knew it existed even though most of their titles that they all worked on were actually audio described so if we bring together this passion for for carl in carl's case the film in my case the theater and both of us virtually anything that can be described and as um we've said here a number of times not about us without us we tried to bring together ourselves as blind persons, together with professionals in the field to discuss issues, not just of quantity, but of quality. What makes for quality audio description? What ought our expectations to be? And how can we deal with educating the consumer so they can be their best advocate? So, Picture this, you primarily do interviews, don't you? Yeah. Um, work, worked around your, your dialogue with each other. You bring in people from the field in all these different areas. 
Correct. We've had, uh, I think everybody on the panel have been on the podcast, as well as uh, folks from, I'm trying to remember right now, my mind's freezing, but we've had- From FCC? The FCC, and, and just most recently, we had someone from Charter Communications, and we had someone who was a writer, much like, I mean, there's some overlap with all these other podcasts, but yes, we, we try to get people who are actually working in the field, or at least have a knowledge of what audio description is. Great. So now what we're going to do, before we take questions, we're going to go back through the list the opposite direction. So I'm going to start with picture this, and I want you to tell our listeners how they can find more information about your podcast, webpage, phone, um, Twitter, and how they can subscribe. What should they look for? Okay. So if you want to, you can subscribe to any podcast player of your choice. And if you type in picture this and type in either Brian or my name, Brian Charlson or Carl Richardson, because there's actually quite a few picture this podcast uh, to do with photography. So type in picture this. It should show up and the podcast player of your choice should show up. You can also go to the podcast homepage which is picturethisaudio.libsyn.com. And Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. Again, that's picturethisaudio.libsyn.com. You can also email us at picturethis.audiodescription at gmail.com. That's picturethis.audiodescription at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail. We have a phone number also. You can leave a voicemail at 857 302 2817. Again, 857-302-2817. Thank you. Got it. All right. Thanks. Okay. And how can people subscribe to Read My Mind Radio? So you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Read My Mind Radio. You can come on over to the website, which is readmymind.com. We have transcripts and, and more over there. And um, I guess the really important part is that you make sure you spell it right because read my mind, read is spelled the proper way here, R-E-I-D. <laughs> and that's like my last name. Yes, that's how you remember it. So, and um, actually, you know, you can, you can contact me via email if you want. That's uh, readmymindradio at gmail.com. Just again, remember the E-I-D. Um, I'm on, on Twitter at tsread. And since Carl's giving out phone numbers, yeah, I have a phone number too. <laughs> so I'll give it out, 570-798-7343. That's the Read My Mind radio hotline. So you can remember it also as 79T-READ. So 798-7343. Kim, I forgot to say one thing. Brian and I also have a Facebook page if you type in picture this. Oh, good. Okay. All right. How about social audio description, Kinsuke? How would it... Um... How do people you can, reach you? And you can, where do they see your podcast? That's an important part, too. Our website is uh, adcomrade, A-D-C-O-M-R-A-D-E dot wordpress.com. Or you can search social audio description on your uh, podcast apps. Or if you, I was, while they were saying this, I was trying to find, is there an easy link to my, uh, to our YouTube playlist? And there doesn't seem to be, but if you search the audio description for Animaniacs, if you search the audio description for the Batman audio description trailer for Army of the... Oh, yes. Also, 
Yeah, Surf Kensuke Janae. Nakamura. That's K E ah. N is a Nancy, S is in Sally, U K E. Nakamura is N is a Nancy, A K A, M is in Mary, U R A. Great. Thank you. And how about talk description to me? How can people connect with um, your podcast and subscribe? Chris, you uh, want to do this? You're sure. The one who, who, oh, I used I do usually you do, do this every I'm, week, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is your can just, right here. Can just re, I'll read the outro. Um, <laughs> so our, our it's called Talk Description to Me, and if you do that, a search in any of your favorite podcast platform of choice, you will find us. Uh, our website is talkdescriptiontome.com. Our email address is talkdescriptiontome at gmail.com. And unsurprisingly, you can find us on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) at talkdescriptiontome. We're also on Twitter. Did I say that? Uh, Our Twitter hashtag is talkdescription. So those are the places where you can find us. Great. Thank you. And Roy, how can people connect with Know Your Narrator podcast? If you go to the website, theadna.org, that's T-H-E-A-D-N-A.org, you can click on podcast. Uh, the link is theadna.org slash no-your-narrator. Uh, any podcast has the ADNA presents Know Your Narrator. Uh, the YouTube version has the transcription. And on Twitter, we switch it around. So it's at ADNA the, so that's A-D-N-A-T-H-E. There you go. Smart move to get at the top of the list, right? (laughs) Great. Well, I think I want to open it up for some questions, if you guys are open for that. Um, I can imagine we've got a few questions. Well, you've got seven hands up, Kim, so let's start with Mitchell. Mitchell, you you should be allowed to speak, sir, if you're going to meet yourself. uh, Hey, Carl, good job on last night's uh, presentation. Thank Um, you. Sure. And I love the talk description to me podcast. That's a great one. Cheers. Thanks so much. Um, hey, Kim, is there a way you can send the links? Did you uh, I, put it on the email list yes. for this convention? Yes, I will um, pull all that information together and we'll send it out through the convention um, email so that maybe Janet can do that for us so we can make sure everybody can get that. Type all, all that stuff together. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Mitchell. Okay, next question. All right, next person. Richard Riemann. Go ahead, Richard. You can unmute yourself. Yes, hello, everybody. Uh, hi, Roy. Hi, Thomas. Uh, great seeing you. Uh, the, uh, I'm Richard Riemann from Imagination Video Books, and I have a question for you. I would like you to um, join me in this little project we're doing called Illustrated Audiobooks. Uh, which is adding audio description to children's illustrated books. Um, we are now an audiobook publisher, and that's what we're going to do, is add audio description to all these children's picture books. And I'd love to get all these panelists involved in this. Richard, you already have my contact. This is Caitlin Walsh. I contacted you <laughs> back in December. Yes, Caitlin. Yes. And, and check your email after this, because I have a book for you to narrate. Fantastic. <laughs> That's networking. That's great. Yes. <laughs> Anybody have a job for me? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Carl, okay. yes. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope okay. my boss isn't listening. I, uh, 
I'll make sure that all the um, panelists have your contact information, Richard, so they can reach out. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Next right. up, Jane Seller. Jane, go ahead, Jane. You can unmute yourself. Hello. Um, to I guess this is for JJ and Roy. Um, I did listen to both of your Oscars episodes great episodes but i was more interested in the um how the um the landscape of the union station area did they i okay i go i went i went there i don't know every week two years ago for commutes but i've never seen a theater did they do they have a theater where where did it's you. <laughs> All right, so Sarah this is, didn't describe it to me. <laughs> so at the at the Oscars when they had um uh they did have one of the Oscar celebrations or one of the Oscar events in Union Station. That uh, this is the Union Station you're uh, to which you're referring, Jane. Absolutely, it's a very historic and I, but I I'm a commuter. I traveled. I I know the layout in and out. But how did they? I'm sure there's commuters going in and out. Where are they? <laughs> so off, off the top of my head, Jane, what I can remember about the Oscar, um, uh, the awards ceremony was they, they were using one of the, I think it was a hall and they had put, it might've been one of the dining rooms, but they had set it up so that they were banquettes and they were, you know, uh, round banquettes with the, with a series of stars with celebrities seated around a table and, uh, and they were quite high in the back. And I think they had brass railings all the way around the top, if memory serves. And so people were walking around with microphones going from one celebrity table to another. And you're right. It is a gorgeous space. I, if I'm, memory serves like an art deco-y kind of space. So lots of geometric patterns being repeated over and over again lots of shiny materials like brass uh and just uh, like hitting that era of glamour that we in fact talked about on the on that episode but off the top of my head that's about <laughs> that's about what i remember from uh um from the actual ceremony i'm glad you liked that episode that was a fun one that's pretty impressive, I have to say, pulling that off of the top of your head like that. That's what a great, great example of talk description to me right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a free trailer. <laughs> yes, that's great. Sarah Ormany was interviewed about her experience with the pre-show and post-show, and I believe there was some other description specifically about the location that, that she did include within that, uh, within that episode of uh, The Know Your Narrator. Great. Thanks, Roy. Okay, Good, your next question. Uh, Janet and Keith. Hi, everybody. This is a great program. And Chris, that story was really, it was almost unbelievable to, to realize these people didn't know anything about audio description. I've been involved in audio description since we would get them from the, the little zippered VHS cases where you unzipped it and put your movie in and listen to the audio description back in the day. But my question is, um, to all of you, actually, how would you go out with some media outreach as to what we're, others are doing with audio description that we'd like to do some media outreach on this? Because, Kim, I don't think I told you, um, we actually, uh, JW Library has a separate category now just for audio description, and it's in 48 languages. So we're really striving to do international audio description. And so we'd like to do some media outreach on this. That's great. 
any of you want to take a crack at how to market your ideas, where to start? Can I jump in? Sure. That'd be super. Uh, leveraging these podcasts, I think, is a great step. Like each each podcast here has its own really unique take, as, as Kim so clearly started and continues to showcase that it's really exciting to see how these examples, each from different perspectives, can bring about awareness in a way that hasn't been done before. I think about the um, opportunities that have happened in the entertainment industry, as, as Carl mentioned, that there are now uh, connections that haven't been made before that can help solidify, hey, this is this is now happening. Here's an example. Excellent. Thank you. Brian, any thoughts? I do. Okay. One that my good friend Rick Morin, who does a lot of the engineering for the ACB convention, uh, reminds me, wouldn't it be great if we took advantage of the fact that movie theaters are trying to reinvigorate us to go to the theater and have an open audio described performance of a movie that we invite the public to come and experience in a theater. It's one thing to do that and see that when you're in your own living room, but to really get the world more excited, I'm talking about mainstream public now excited about and understand the value of it. Wouldn't it be great if we could do some special events in movie theaters? I like that, that'd be fun. Thanks. You could call it blind date night. <laughs> right. Did you say you were at the library? Did, did I hear that you with a library? Um, Janet is with the JW library, correct? I, I believe that's her connection for the JW.org, I think. Yeah, yeah JW.org. Okay, so now in, in terms of, is, are you sending out books as well? Or because I'm just, just a quick idea that if you were, because I'm just wondering why, and I, I think about this also for the NLS, like, um, what about, you know, putting little movie teasers on those on those cartridges that would really kind of uh, alert more people about the, the options for audio yes. description? Because I think there are so many people who, because for years have not had access um, and so kind of believe right. that, oh, we still don't have access. But give them a taste. Right. Give them a taste of what's available and, and then let them know how to get it. It's actually this summer, there's a... a there's six conventions that are powerful by faith and every single lecture, every 10 minute lecture has an audio described video and it's geared toward families and our bodies and flowers and animals. They're fabulous, fabulous audio described videos for the families. And we really would love people to understand what's out there and available at, and no tracking. There's no following you. There's no login. There's no sign in. You can just go on JW library and go to the audio described uh, section category under media. It's really outstanding for families. Well, you just did a great job marketing right now. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I, I'm listening to them. They're fantastic. But yeah. The people are writing us back and they're emailing me like I made them. I didn't make them. They're just fabulous. And children and adults to see the way the body's made and have it audio described or videos on children, animals in Africa. They're just beautiful. And while people are seeing them, the audio description is beautiful. Flowers, the one on flowers. Oh, my goodness. I love the smell of them. Now I, I'm listening to this beautiful audio described video. And their movies. There's, well, of course, their Bible-based themes on Daniel and his prophecies, which are coming up next Sunday and the Sunday after. But they're all free. And, and people can just go on and watch it. Great. Thanks, Janet. Oh, okay. Yes. Other, other questions? Thanks. I, I just had a couple of thoughts about outreach. Sure. The first thing that came to mind when 
uh, when somebody said, you know, doing podcasts is an excellent way to do outreach, which is like, you know, I've been on, I think everybody's podcast, maybe <laughs> not all of them, but most of these podcasts I've been on talking about the work I'm doing and we've been on each other's podcasts, but then I'm like, I haven't been on any non like uh, blindness or disability related podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, there's some podcasts that I listen to that I feel like might be open to hearing about the work we do. So I feel like I should reach out to like other podcasts, but then I also think about, I know there was a commercial for spectrum access that was showing that, yes, we have uh, audio description available through this app that you can watch on TV. But then I'm like, there should also be like, you know, Netflix is a big promoter of audio description. They should promote the audio description aspect of their app by having a commercial showing, you know, a trucker driving through the night and watching a movie on her phone using audio description or like a a gardener that's like working in their garden watching, uh, you know, maybe watching a gardening show uh, just through their earbuds or, you know, a dad wrangling his kids and trying to make dinner while like, you know, being able to watch watch a show that's happening in another room and like not having to take that focus off of it. And yeah, so it's like, yeah, somebody should make a commercial for all the, you know, all the curb cut effects people that can uh, access audio description for reasons other than, you know, blindness to get that get that awareness in the greater community about it. Because the blindness awareness is great, but after a while, you're kind of stuck in the echo chamber. So being able to move outside of that is really beneficial. That's a really good idea, Ken. I love that. Great. Thank you for sharing that. That is, that is good. And I think that's kind of the, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done in our community because you, you hit it. I think Thomas said, you know, there's so many people who are blind or visually impaired who don't know about audio description. And I think we're all evangelists to some degree to make sure that we try to educate and, educating one person at a time is a hard way to do it, but it's almost what we're doing and we have to keep doing it, but it would be nice if we could get some shortcuts along the way so that we could spend some time educating others like the industry itself. So I think there'll be more on that. As you stay tuned to some of the podcasts, you'll hear more in in probably a few weeks about some other activities that ACB is doing to step out to the broader industry. Um, It was something very, very necessary for us to be doing. So let's go back to questions. You have one, and I don't think this name will be unfamiliar to anybody. Joel Snyder, you can unmute yourself, sir. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for this uh, great podcast podcast feature, I guess I should say. I, I simply wanted to contribute two things in response to some of what you all have said already, actually, uh, Brian's idea about open audio description in a the movie theater. Uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. Maybe, Roy, you're in L.A. You've surely got some good contacts there. You know, this was done in the 90s, late 90s and early 2000s by a woman named Helen Harris, who was the director of Retinitis Pigmentosa International. She came up with... Um, Uh, Well, to hear her tell it, uh, rest her soul, uh, she came up with uh, the idea of audio description, which isn't exactly true, but she she created a version called Theater Vision, and um, she promoted a heck out of it and got movie stars to voice description 
for certain feature films and actually rented a Hollywood theater. And it was a big fundraiser for RP International, but it also spread the word about description. So maybe that's something we could all pursue and work on. Um, take a, a page from her book. Um, theater vision doesn't exist anymore, but uh, we could still capitalize on that idea. And I wanted to pick up also on Kensuki's idea of, of uh, getting the word out broadly to the sighted public, those folks, you know, those those sighted folks, they're the ones who are light dependent. You know, if the lights go out, it's a terrible disability. If the lights go out, they need a blind person to help them around. Anyway, sighted people need to know more about audio description. And the reason I, I have been out and about uh, in, what, over 60 countries now working with description is because I send uh, information about description as audiovisual translation, as a kind of translation, as a kind of social service. And it gets picked up on by sighted folks. These are not audiences of blind people. These are sighted folks who find it intriguing. After 40 years, they're just hearing about audio description, and so they pick up on it. So that's something that all of us could be doing and, and getting the word out even further. That's all I have. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. We probably have time for one more question, if there's anyone in the queue. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of people, but we'll give it, we'll go with... Um... We have a 614, last three digits, 689. Hi, um, my name is Shirley, and I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. I wondered if um, the ones on this call who have the podcasts could real quickly um, go around and say if any of theirs are uh, available to listen to on the A device. Um, I love to uh, listen to, to things on the uh, on that particular uh, device and anyway I know there are quite a few podcasts that you can listen to on there so I wondered if any of you could tell me that and if so um, just real quickly uh, if it's easy to access them from there. All right thanks Shirley. Are um, any of you available on the A-Lady device or smart speaker? I think we're all probably available on the A-Lady device, depending on what you have access to, um, because, you know, Amazon has their distribution. Apple has their distribution, which is all accessible from there. Um, I know the problem that I have is when you ask for Read My Mind, um, for some reason, it doesn't come up all, all the time. So, um, but I think I was successful if you, if you have it connected to TuneIn Radio, um, because I'm also on TuneIn, uh, Read My Mind Radio on TuneIn Radio. That worked uh, but but I think everyone should be available that way, at the very least. I absolutely agree with you. It's really the tricky part is consistency and whether or not your initial podcast is distributed in more than one way. Picture this is done, as you heard, through Libsyn. And Libsyn allows us to indicate uh, multiple ways that they can uh, perpetuate it or distribute it out there. Uh, so... It's kind of on a case-by-case -case basis and whether or not the entity that's functioning as your host are actually doing their job. Does anybody else know if they might be available? And I'm not even sure in the case of top description to me whether that's possible because there are country parameters around what you can get on the um, A devices as well. So, Yeah, sorry, I don't think... JJ or I could actually answer that. 
try. <laughs> Let yeah. us know. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to find out, but uh, I've, I've not tried myself. So, I will uh, test it when we get off the air and let you guys yeah. know. Thanks. Right Cheers. Thank Appreciate you, uh, it. If you all want to give it a shot and uh, try it out and send that information to me, I'll include it in our resource list that we're going to distribute as one more piece of information about your specific uh, podcasts so people can try it that way as well. So thank you, Shirley, for asking yeah. that question, because I think it's, uh, it's a good to explore. So I Kim, think, yes. Could I just Carrie? interrupt for sure. a second? Hi. Hi. Um, talk description to me is absolutely available on Lady A. That's the way we always listen to it. Well, wonderful. Right on. Okay. Well, let's get that Yay. information, Terry. You. Maybe you can send it to me and I'll include it in the resource list. It's just, Great. it's just to say to her, play talk description to me. And she does. Wonderful. I will test that. That's Yay. great. Yay. Thank, Thank you, Terry. All right. Come on, well, I don't want to set off Alexa and everybody's living there. I don't. They start playing their, <laughs> Alexa, their podcast Alexa. right no. now. <laughs> so. Um, I'm sorry. I couldn't read this. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for being part of this um, session. Um, I think it was great to have the five podcasts profiled and to have the opportunity to hear all of you and talk with all of you. And, um, you know, like several of you said, you've, you've all been on each other's podcasts, but there's a reason for that. You're all super talented people doing great work. And why not talk to each other about it? This is super. So thank, thank you, you for, for having us. Well, thank, thank you so much Thanks, for, for being here. And I'm going to give the closing CEU code now, which is 07004. That's 07004. And again, thanks to all of you, the panelists today, for a fascinating and really fun um, panel presentation. And take care and listen to these podcasts, everybody.